welcome to the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Podcast. My name is Natalie Nidham. I'm a nutritionist, a human potential, and epigenetic coach, and I created this podcast to bring you the latest ways to take control of your health and longevity. We cover it all, from new technology to ancestral health practices, personalized interventions, and a very special interest of mine, peptides. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Today's episode is amazing. It's on stem cells and it's all about the potential of stem cells. So this is going to be a doozy. But before we jump into the episode, a couple of people we need to thank. And the first person we need to thank or the first sponsor we need to thank is Get Sensate. Sensate is an infrasound resonance device that once it's paired with the sessions in the Sensate companion app, works towards reducing stress and improving well-being. What does that mean? Well, it means that it's a device that's really cool looking. It's kind of like a large black pebble about the size of the palm of your hand. And what it does is it emits infrasonic sound waves that synchronize with the soundscapes in the app that provides deep relaxation in anywhere from 10 to 30 minute sessions. And what you do is you put the device on your chest. And so it resonates on your chest. It's actually it's incredibly relaxing. Um, I use it before bed very often as I'm lying in bed to fall asleep. My favorite track right now is the sound bowls and chanting. I just love that track for drifting off to sleep. And not only does it help with sleep, but it also helps towards releasing stress and anxieties in this moment and increases your stress resilience over time. It increases your heart rate variability. I've definitely seen an improvement in my heart rate variability over the last couple of months that I've been using Sensate and also better quality sleep. So you know, meditation is hard. Breath work is hard. For most people, it's always about finding what is the thing that resonates for you? What's the thing that's going to help you break through those obstacles? So this is an incredible tool. You have no risk. You can buy it. You have 30 days to try it out and use it and see if this works for you. So all you have to do is go to getsensate.com and use discount code NAT and you will save 10%. Like I said, I've been using this device for the last couple of months and I just love it. Okay, now on to our next sponsor. Our next sponsor is kind of, well, kind of me, right? It's uh, it's natnidham.com. It's my website and it's, I just want to tell you a few things about what's going on with me right now. If you haven't been following the podcast and you're a new listener, know that I have a private membership group called Mighty Networks, where I do live Q&As every month, actually up to three. And then the weeks when I'm not doing a live Q&A, as long as I'm not traveling, I'll bring in a, an expert. And usually it's someone I've interviewed on the podcast that people are dying to meet and ask questions of. And sometimes they give the group a special offer and we get to do these incredible end of one experiments with the group. It's really fun. We just did the 30 day brain reset with Diane Goodenow from Prodrome Sciences. People learned a ton. Also in Mighty Networks, if you join as an annual member, you will get access to the first version of my peptide crash course. And you will also get the second version of my peptide crash course that I know I've been saying is coming for months. It is coming. It's recorded. It's just getting loaded up. So that's me. And of course, if you go to natnidham.com, you get information on all these things, including my upcoming Women's Longevity and Resilience Retreat, which is happening November 1st to 6th. So all you have to do there, go to natnidham.com, look at the tab at the top that says Retreats, and you will find out more about this incredible event. It's the third one that we're doing. 
we only take 10 women. So if this resonates for you and it's something that you think you might like, if you might like spending five days with 10 like-minded women by the ocean, doing sunrise walks on the beach, yoga, eating chef prepared food. We do all the food custom. We go through your genetics. We go through your biological age. I will sit with you one-on-one and go through your results. We'll do talks on nutrition, on supplementation, on biohacking. We'll have a ton of biohacking equipment there that you can try and play with for yourself. And you get to walk away with a beautiful longevity kit with some incredible product. So if you think that this is something you might want to investigate, definitely go to natnidham.com. Okay. So let's now get into the episode. Did you know that stem cell therapy can be used as a preventative measure? In this episode of the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Podcast, I chat with Dr. Joy Kong about stem cell therapy. So many people think of stem cells as a regenerative method, and it is truly amazing for regeneration. But what about prevention? So stem cell therapy is a medical procedure that involves the use of stem cells to prevent various diseases and conditions. Stem cells are unique cells that can differentiate into different types of cells in the body and can also self-renew to produce more stem cells. Dr. Kong explains the different sources of stem cells they can pull from, such as the bone marrow, fat tissue, and even from birth tissues. Depending on where the stem cells are sourced from, each source of stem cells has its advantages and disadvantages. We also chat about how stem cells differentiate from exosomes, the future of stem cell therapy, and what the research is saying about stem cell therapy for autism. Joy Kong MD is a UCLA trained triple board certified physician. She's the president of Uplift Longevity Center in Los Angeles, California, where she specializes in stem cell therapy and ketamine therapy, as well as a wide range of therapeutic modalities to imp- improve patients' overall health by enhancing their body's innate regenerative potentials. I met Dr. Kong at A4M last December, and we just hit it off right away. She's just so incredibly knowledgeable. She's so generous with her time and her information. She's a real pleasure. Dr. Kong is the founder of the American Academy of Integrative Cell Therapy, which is www.aaict.org, where she provides training to physicians on stem cell therapy. Dr. Kong also conducts clinical research on stem cell therapy and is a published author in scientific journals. So this woman knows of what she speaks. To find Dr. Kong MD, you can go to her website, which is joykongmd.com. She also has made beautiful skincare products, which you can find at charaomi.com. So that's chara, C-H-A-R-A-O-M-N-I.com. She has a great YouTube channel. So just go searching Joy Kong MD on YouTube and on Instagram, she's Dr. Underscore Joy Underscore Kong. And she puts up great content on Instagram as well. Okay. Before we dive into the episode, one last piece of housekeeping, and that is to thank our second sponsor this episode, and that is Berkeley Life. Look, if you've been listening to this podcast, you know that you've probably heard me and a few of my guests talk about nitric oxide. Nitric oxide is a vital molecule made naturally in the body responsible for vasodilation and circulation. But it turns out that we produce less of it as we age. You also produce less of it, by the way, if you're using the wrong kind of mouthwash. So you got to watch for that stuff. And the resulting diminished blood flow is at the basis of so many age-related concerns. I've been supporting my nitric oxide levels with a daily dietary nitrate supplement called Berkeley Life. I take Berkeley Life's easy two-capsule dose in the morning, and I'm set for the day. My clients and listeners use it too, as well as my parents. 
and my husband. So I've got my family, my clients, my listeners, all the people. But did you also know that you can actually use nitric oxide topically? Berkeley Life's nitric oxide serum combines vitamin C and nitride to create that precious nitric oxide gas directly on the skin. Why is this important? Well, because it's hard to get nitric oxide to the skin. What the vitamin C does is it vasodilates, it opens up those blood vessels and the nitric oxide gets delivered. It's a two pump method. The second pump delivers the nitric oxide and that feeds your skin. It actually gives you this beautiful rosy glow and prepares your skin to receive the next products that you're going to apply. It's great stuff. So you can access Berkeley Life's nitric oxide support supplements and now serum by going to berkeleylife.com and using practitioner code NIDDBL to place your order. Berkeley Life is only available through healthcare practitioners. So you're going to have to use that code NIDDBL while registering and checking out at berkeleylife.com and that will get you 10% off your first order. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for making it this far. Thank you for being here with me and for listening to the podcast. Make sure to leave us a review. Make sure to share this episode with friends, family, anybody who you think would get value from it. And without another second delay, let's jump in. Hey folks, just a quick reminder that all of the information presented in this podcast is for information purposes only. No medical advice, no diagnosing, no treatments suggested here. Before you try anything that you hear about or learn about here, make sure that you check with your medical provider. Dr. Joy Kong, welcome to the show. It is such a pleasure to have you here today. Thank you so much, Natalie. It's my pleasure. Where did we meet? We met at Austin. Was it Austin. Austin the first? Oh, that's right. It was Austin at How Do You Health? And then we met again at A4M. Like, yes. What was it? Like a week or two later? It was like, oh yes. my God. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's always like the beauty of these conferences. And I've said this often, like I often, I, I don't spend nearly as much time as I would like sometimes in the sessions because I end up spending all my time networking kind of with, in the exhibit halls and with the docs. And, you know, it's just, they're just amazing events to connect with people. And I think at uh, A4M, it was Suzanne Turner who kind of said, hey, do you guys know each other? And we're like, as a matter of fact, yes. <laughs> anyway, Joy, why don't you tell the audience a little bit? I mean, I, I'll have done my intro already by now, but you know, maybe tell us a little bit about where you're at in in your in your business. Like you're in this incredible growth area of stem cell therapies. And you know, how did you get here and what kind of drew, how long have you been doing this, you know, physical renewal through stem cell business kind of thing? So I, um, I started out as a psychiatrist. So I went to UCLA and I chose psychiatry because I was fascinated by the brain. Um, but, um, you know, pretty soon, well, after seven years, I did realize that, um, there were a lot that could be done for people. Um, that were completely uh, ignored. Um, so much of the brain's health could be traced back to what's going on in the body and different organs, and that was not looked at at all. Um, so coming from a culture, I grew up in China, from a culture that really stressed a holistic approach to health, which means mm -hmm. that you look at the body as a whole, that every part can affect the other parts, that yeah. we're not just, you know, floating heads and floating, you know, organs. Limbs. Yeah, exactly. We, we yeah. Are, are a whole. So so that kind of made me, you know, I was drawn to integrated medicine. And then I discovered anti-aging medicine, where stem cells is part of anti-aging medicine. So 
that was perfect because I can't imagine anything more holistic than stem cells because that's what made us, right? The cell ended up creating who we are, this complex being, and how can we tap into the intelligence of those cells? Um, so what looks really incredible on paper happens to be producing incredible results in real life. And that's what's really exciting, uh, seeing patients getting better. You know, I first meeting doctors who have treated other people and showing me the results. The first case was an autistic kid. And as a psychiatrist, um, I avoided dealing with psych- with autism because it was uh, it was a frustrating and you know unrewarding type of uh, illness um, because we just didn't have good tools and to see how stem cells were able to make such difference for these kids uh, that was really exciting and then it just went on from there you know hearing about people's you know getting such tremendous results from their autoimmune diseases, from their, you know, uh, muscular skeletal injuries, brain conditions. So, um, and that just led me onto a path of self-learning because there's really no good textbooks. Uh, Mm -hmm. There's no good um, courses. So I just read articles after articles. You, You learn from scientists who are studying this, who are investigating you know, the cutting edge. So, so then that's how I learned everything is through article by article. Um, and, uh, yeah, eventually, you know, creating our own products because I believed from all my investigation, looking at, um, benefits of using different sources of stem cells. And I do believe we can talk about this later that birth tissue derived stem cells is a superior source to mm-hmm. fat-derived or bone marrow-derived stem cells. And among the birth tissue, because there's a, you know, the tissue has different components, right? There's umbilical cord blood, core tissue, amniotic membrane, um, placenta. So they all are a little different. Yeah. So I created a product that combined different compartments and put them in all into one. Uh, so you're harnessing the different healing properties of various components, um, and so that's, that's also, um, part of, uh, what my company does, which is to produce and provide these type of, uh, holistic, uh, or comprehensive products. Yeah, and yeah. then, yeah. So I, and then I developed skin cream, Char Omni, which is really fun. Um, and I set up an academy to train other doctors. So it just kind of yeah, went yeah. on from there. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's amazing. You know, it's, it's. I think ultimately, like what you're describing is the journey of a physician who's at the forefront of new technology, right? So you're breaking ground. And what's so amazing about you and other doctors like you that I met at A4M is that you're not just kind of, I mean, you kind of need a community around you to kind of learn from and collaborate with as you're, as everybody's kind of building on everybody else's findings and knowledge. And so, you know, the fact that you've launched an academy and you're training other people and like, I just think that's just so inspiring, right? Because so often we talk about medicine and it's certainly in, in, in this space, which is more of the functional space and even the biohacking space. And it's with a lot of disappointment, right? Because conventional medicine, it's not designed to deal with with a lot of a lot of the most serious things that we're faced with and it's not and those doctors are not necessarily trained what we're seeing is 
a lot of conventional doctors breaking away from the allopathic model saying just yeah. like you did really you know yeah. saying like this isn't working i'm not getting anywhere there's got to be a better way to help people exactly it and comes from you frustration are. Yeah. frustration for for their inability to make a, a you know fundamental change in their patients lives or frustration because they got sick themselves or their family members got sick yeah. and they did everything they could listening to the conventional doctors and nothing was improved they, yeah. they didn't get very far and then they realize, oh, these there are other people who are doing these very different things and they're actually getting better and they tried it themselves. And then the conclusion is, God, why didn't they tell, teach us, yeah. you know, all this in medical school? So so that's how this whole branch, you know, broke off. And eventually that's going to become the mainstream. Um, not that so. traditional medicine have nothing good to, to, to say. I mean, there are a lot of wonderful things, you know, especially acute care, you know, the, sur- the surgeries and, and um, you know, the, the, the urgent, you know, when, when there's more acute needs, infections. But, um, you know, really when it comes to chronic conditions, which is usually very complex, to think that we can just use a big hammer, just, you know, yeah. just hit one thing and we're going to fix it all. That's really, really naive. It's childish. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and to to some degree also, even we could prevent a lot of these things from happening, right? With a more holistic model. And it's interesting that you grew up in China with, and it's funny, I saw one of your social media posts this week because I think you were sick and you were, there was a picture of like two little black pellets in the palm of your hand with, and, and I mean, I've availed my, I've, dipped into TCM myself at times in my health journey myself. And, uh, and I laughed because I'm like, I've often said to people, you know, you get handed either like a bag of herbs or, you know, these little black pellets by your TCM doctor and just get told, you know, take this three times a day, take nine pellets. And, and you're like, you have no idea what's in there. Like (laughs) not all you know is that you're going to feel better and it's going to be okay. But but in, in traditional Chinese medicine, to your point, like they're looking at your energy and your, you know, they're taking your pulses. And, you know, I went to the, the, the clinic where I was going, they brought in a master from China and he didn't uh-huh. speak a word of English. And, so, you know, and so I was trotted in and sat down in a chair and this guy kind of, he took my pulses, he looked at my tongue, he poked my legs and he turned to the, to the, to the doctor that I normally see. And he said something to her in Chinese. And I'm like, what did he say? And she said, he asked if you're always like this. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) and next thing you know, I'm out the door with a couple of bottles of these little black pellets and, you know, and teas and whatnot. So anyway, it's just, it's very interesting, but I've always believed that whether it's traditional Chinese medicine, which is like thousands of years of learning, right? Or Ayurvedic medicine, which is like kind of another branch similar to TCM, that if we could bring those together with, you know, allopathic medicine, you could end up with like this incredible, much more complete model, right? So, but anyway, but now you've gone off into a whole other direction, which is stem cells, which takes us to a whole different world. So, I want to ask you a million questions about how do stem cells help with autism and brain injuries and all the things. But before we do that, let's um, let's bring the audience along and just talk about stem cells in general, right? And even from an aging perspective, before we even get to the disease model, like you know, what are the what's the role that stem cells play in aging? And you know, obviously we produce them out of our bone marrow, but maybe you just want to talk a little bit about the 
you know, if if as young children, we we have access to regeneration and repair in a way that we don't as we age, what happens? Where do the stem cells go? Yeah. So first of all, I think, you know, people don't realize that stem cells, you know, this is not a homogeneous com- uh, population. Right. We have, you know, every stage of evolution possible, uh, you know, of stem cells. They're all stem cells, but there are tissue specific stem cells like, like your liver will have liver stem cells. Yeah. And then there are intermediate stages and there are pluripotent stem cells, which can develop into, you know, any organ of the body. Um, so the intermediate will be something like mesenchymal stem cell um, yeah. that are all, all along your blood vessel. Anywhere you have blood vessels, you will have these mesenchymal stem cells. So, so they, they, there's this hierarchy of uh, different type of stem cells, but uh, mesenchymal stem cells is probably the most well-known right now and the most sought after because um, they have such a powerful kind of a coordinating effect of regeneration. So just imagine, imagine these cells are, have been with you your whole life and they're all along your blood vessels. Anywhere you have blood vessels, you will have these um, you know, before they turn into mesenchymal stem cell, they're called pericytes. So peri is all around. So they're around the blood vessels. Um, as we get older, the number drops sharply. So when we were born, every one in 10,000 cells is a mesenchymal stem cell. But by the time we reach our teenage years, it becomes one in a hundred thousand. So that's tenfold less. Mm-hmm. And then when we reach our forties becomes one in 40,000 and we, we reach our, um, I mean, 400,000. And when we reach our, our 80s, is one in 2 million. So you just, you, you are literally running out of these signals. You know, these cells are there to detect what's going on in your blood, what's going on in your local tissue, and to see what needs to be, uh, you know, what information needs to be sent out mm-hmm. to bring about regeneration. So if you just don't have enough of these workers, you know, lining up your blood vessels, you just, you don't have the signals. You don't have enough signals to regenerate. That's why, you know, people say, oh yeah, you know, my knees of course is bad because I use it so much. You know, I, you know, I climbed, you know, you know, skied this and that. No, that's not the key. You know, it doesn't matter. Just think about when you were a teenager, when you were, you know, twenties, you can do, you can abuse your body, you know, to a much greater degree. But because your body have enough stem cells, have the right signals, it just repairs right up. You know, you're not going to have this lingering pain and swelling and, uh, you know, immobility for years. You know, right. just it doesn't happen. So it's about the signals. Mm-hmm. And um, so there's an attrition rate and, you know, there, there are all kinds of reasons. First of all, you know, cells, when cells live in a toxic environment, they can be killed. I mean, they, there's damaging to them. So as we live, our body becomes less and less hospitable, right? More hostile. So more inflammatory Then you may have more cell death and the oxidative damages that damages the DNA, damages the cell structure, damages mitochondria. So cells just run off gas, run out of the ability to, 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 you know, stay vibrant and they senesce. Um, so, so when they fight your battles, they can also die. Um, you know, once they're activated, they don't live forever. Um, bone marrow produce um, certain types of stem cells. Very, very, very small amount of mesenchymal stem cells. Uh, a little bit more of the 
hematopoietic progenitor cells, and then they produce a lot of mononuclear cells, which are immature immune cells. So that's, you know, we used to think that bone marrow is the only place where we still find stem cells. And now we know it's, it's everywhere. It's literally everywhere in your body, in all your organs. So we have the capability to regenerate, but we just need to give the body the right signals. And that's where stem cell therapy comes, is mm-hmm. that we're replenishing the signals that may have been lost. Interesting. So when people are going in for stem cell therapy and they're having stem cells harvested from their bone marrow and from their fat tissue, why don't we, can we talk about those a little bit? Because you just said about the bone marrow, like there's very few of those stem cells that you really need, certainly as an older adult, but what about, in, and I can't imagine that adipose tissue is any better. <laughs> Well, what they say there's so much fat. inflammation in fat, right? So like it's Yeah. So just to give you an idea, uh, if you just look at the amount of mesenchymal stem cells in comparison to total number of cells in the bone marrow, um, it's between 0.1 to 0.01% that are actually mesenchymal stem cells. And, and those are the ones fat, we're after. Yeah. But when you look at fat, it can get to 20%. Um, it's not because of the fat. It's because the blood vessels that are coursing through Eating. the fat are supplying the fat cells. So you're getting cells off those blood vessels. So you do have more mesenchymal stem cells. Oh, interesting. Okay, I wouldn't have guessed that. Okay, that's really interesting. So you're going to get more from fat. And yet, we were talking before the podcast, you were saying that you know autologous stem cells, like using your own, is never going to be as good as using uh, cord blood or, you know, other stem cells that are, that come from really from, from a new baby, not, not the baby itself, but from whether it's cord blood or placenta or amniotic material. So maybe you want to talk about that. Like there's basically there's these different sources of stem cells, right? Um, yeah. And I actually have a lecture online on YouTube. It's called ROMICs Created Equal. So I actually go through analysis of literature, just what has been studied, um, you know, just comparing their potency, their ability to differentiate, um, their anti-inflammatory capabilities, their neuroprotective capabilities, and look at even at potential to cause cancer. Actually, your own stem cells have a much more higher potential to exacerbate existing cancer than earlier young stem cells, like from the birth tissue. So, um, you know, it, it's there's not enough direct comparison of, let's say we have, you know, all these people, we, we do a, uh, you know, controlled study, you know, this group is going to have their own cells, the other group is in birth tissue cells. We don't have those studies. So it's, it's hard to say, but but you can look at just the, you know, the different studies, there are some um, studies, uh, well, the, these, the ones I looked at and I, you know, presented is, is a direct comparison. So if okay, you look okay. at how fast they senesce, um, how many generations they have left, and their telomere length, everything, the birth tissue, the younger cells are superior. Well, and when you look sense, at how, right? yeah. yeah, and when you look at how the cells function in the body, it's really because of these capabilities, these abilities to be anti-inflammatory, to produce different uh, growth factors, 
and to, you know, basically their activity level. And of course, how long they last, uh, they're able to sustain themselves. Um, so if you look at the fact that the cells are, that's what they're doing, really. They're not there to become your own cells. That's a tiny fraction, maybe two to 5%, no more than two to 5% of the cells actually stay in your body. They are, uh, they're, they're like, they go in, they do their battle and they, they're gone, they're, they die. Thank so God. very few actually stay in your body. So don't think, oh, I'm getting cells from somebody else that, that these cells are all gonna stay in your body. The consensus probably no more than two to 5% actually stay. But do they do a hell of a job when they're there? Yes, because I've seen incredible things, mm-hmm. you know, not just from me, but from the doctors I work with and from all the research studies. So they do incredible things, but most of them will die. So, so the key is the incredible things they do does not come from them becoming part of your tissue, mm-hmm. them becoming part of you, right? They go in there, they send their signals, they, 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 you know, orchestrate the right repair uh, activities, and then they go away. Yeah. So, so if you're counting on their activity level, then, then yes, I've just shown you that these younger cells are more potent and more active. So, so then you can kind of infer that these are going to be superior. Right. So, yeah, because my understanding is I keep reading things and, and uh, obviously I don't have time to, I don't always deep dive into stuff, but, um, but one of the things that I've, I've heard is what you just said. Basically, it's not the actual stem cell doing the work. It's all the growth factors. It's all the, the chemical messengers that they're emitting that initiates, like kind of gets the body doing what it's going to do. Like, for example, in a joint where we're trying to repair cartilage or whatever the case may be, it's, you know, because then people talk about, and maybe you can clarify this, people talk about providing scaffolding for the stem cells so that, you know, so then when people start talking about scaffolding for stem cells, then you start imagining that, oh, they're creating like this, you know, whatever the scaffolding is. And the stem cells are going to anchor to it and they're going to stay there. But to your point, the stem cells don't stay there, but. A, a very small minority. Right. Yeah. 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 They may stay. So the, the, we have seen, you know, cells do stay in the recipient, including human cells stay on animal's body. So right. it does happen, but that's not the main way they exert their benefits. Right, right. And then how does that compare, for example, because, you know, right now, I mean, I guess we're sort of talking about, let's say we're talking about repairing a knee or a hip. And there's there's also a school where we're using, let's say, peptides, like in, injecting some kind of like, a, like an analog of growth hormone, like an AOD 9604 with hyaluronic acid, which I think we're getting into that world of combining different things. And people are getting, or BPC-157 even, people are getting reasonably good results. I don't know that they're getting the same degree of repair as you would get with stem cells, but do you have insight into like, you know, how those are different or maybe are there different situation where you would favor one over the other? Well, I almost liken this to, you know, one chemical versus a whole herb, right? So you Mm -hmm. can extract one single thing like BPC-157, powerful. This is an incredible molecule, but it's one molecule. We don't know how many hundreds of thousands of molecules one stem cell is going to secrete and how they all going to work together. Right. So it's almost like a less holistic 
approach. Yes. Doesn't right? mean it's not it won't work. Doesn't mean it's not powerful. Yeah. But um, but you're gonna get a lot, a lot, a lot of repair going on with the with the cells. Right. And so you mentioned inflammation before, and I've read, I've, I've heard people say that if you don't calm the inflammation in the area before you bring in the stem cells or, or even frankly anything else, you're never going to really get the results because you know the analogy is like you're sending you're sending your workers into a burning building. They're just not going to be able to, or they're not going to be able to do as good a job as they would, but would if there wasn't a fire. And yet on the other hand, we talk about anti-inflammatory effects of these things. Yeah. So, so what, what what's your take on that? Partially yeah. true. Yeah. So for example, in certain situations, you wouldn't want to put stem cells right into a location right after the incident. Uh, that will be in, in the case of a heart attack, mm-hmm. a stroke, or even a very acute injuries. Because what happens is when you have a very acute injury, the environment is very toxic. So within the first 48 hours or so, it's a toxic soup. There's so much going on. All these, you know, calcium leaked out of the cells. There's just, it's it's very, very damaging environment. That may not be the best time to put the cells right in that location. Um, but then we talk about chronic inflammation. Right. So a lot of inflammation in the body, what they found out through research was that actually elevated level of inflammation make these cells work better and harder. Huh. So, so I used to think, oh, we need to calm your inflammation first. So, you know, you know, we want to reduce inflammation, but guess what? We can use the inflammation you have to wake up these cells, make them more alert and work, work more effectively. So, yeah. So no longer would I say, you know, let's calm your inflammation first. No, let's go at it. Let's calm the inflammation using these cells. As long as you're not in that highly acute phase kind of thing. Right, exactly. Okay, well, that makes sense. Where do exosomes fit into all this? Uh, <laughs> exosomes, you want to talk about that? I think that yes, I do. Okay. Uh, I actually have a video on YouTube called uh, Stem Cells Versus Exosomes because I do have a lot of thoughts in this. Um, so exosomes, you know, very exciting. Uh, um, a lot of hype around it. Yeah. Um, first of all, it is a good... Um, it's a good way to sell products saying, Hey, you know, we are not dealing with cells. So we're not under the same kind of scrutiny from the FDA. That's really how a lot of this, you know, how it was started. Um, are they helpful? Yes. Can they replace cells? No, mm. nothing can replace life itself. You can get all the secretion product you want out of the cells, but guess who made these products and, and, and guess what the cell will do. If the cell is in a different environment, it's going to make a different set of exosomes. So you're producing the exosomes using one set of environment and you give it to the body and you're telling, you're saying, okay, no matter what your condition is, this is this exosome. This is a set of exosomes that we're going to give you. Instead of giving you stem cells where the stem cells can say, oh, wow, you're a little, you know, too, too high in this level of, um, you know, inflammation, you know, in this arena you know, from these cells. So let me send you the right set of exosomes. Yeah. I'm going to produce all these particular, you know, armamentum of, uh, of uh, uh, growth factors. And this is what I'm going to give you. So that's a lot more targeted and intelligent approach. Um do I like exosomes? I, I do. I still like them. I still use them because I like the fact that we're getting a lot of these little nanoparticles all at once. So there's a lot of, you know, you can produce anti-inflammatory effects fast. 
and they also can cross the blood brain barrier very easy. Mm-hmm. Um, but they cannot replace the intelligence that's embedded in the DNA of the cells because that's how the cells can respond to the environment. And cells also secrete growth factors that it doesn't include in the exosome packets. Uh, packets. Right. You know, it can shoot out growth factors just into the extracellular fluid. It doesn't have to put it into the exosomes. And also stem cells would do something that's really, really cool, which is called mitochondria transfer. So these young stem cells, of course, if you use your own, then you have your own, you know, old, tired, you know, <laughs> micro- mitochondria, whatever level of mitochondria you have, that's what you have. But if we're getting it from the birth tissue, from these cells that are actually in between embryonic stem cells and the baby stem cells, they're, 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 they're more potent than the baby stem cells. So they have very fresh, young mitochondria. And when I give it to people, these mitochondria has been documented to be able to go across this cellular bridge, a, a microtubule, nanotubule bridge, walk across and get into your own cells. Like one, one study showed wow. macrophages. So you're elevating the cellular energy of your own cells. So in a sense, you're, you're reviving your own cells, right? You're breathing life into them. Um, they can, they can do, you know, they can just also just shoot off mitochondria into the space and be taken up by other cells. And, uh, and there's all kinds of fun things going on on the cellular level. So, you know, you're not going to get that with, um, you know, w- w- with exosomes. So, yeah, no, that's so interesting, right? So the exosome is like saying, here, you can have a drill. And the guy's like, but I really need a saw <laughs> or a hammer or whatever. Um, right. I mean, the right. drill's useful. Situations. Yeah, yeah the drill's situations. useful, but it might not be ex- the only thing you need or it might not be the exact thing that yeah. you really need. That's, a, that's such a great point. I'm also concerned about the fact that exosomes is somewhat blind, right? You're you're putting the mesenchymal stem cells in the in the culture. So there are a few ways of getting the exosome. Some are just you know getting it from amniotic fluid, but a lot of the products we're getting on the market is you know growing the mesenchymal stem cells in the culture and letting them secrete these exosomes. So you collect them. So these are just you know they're signals, and they you know they may promote growth, promote regeneration, but some of them may promote cancer. When you have stem cells that have the intelligence to detect cancer, um, you know, you, you, you don't really have that extra backup yeah. uh, level of intelligence with exosomes. So I'm always a little cautious about that. Um, you know, just like even when you're own, with your own stem cells, just because you have your own stem cells and they are mesenchymal stem cells, it doesn't make them fully intelligent because I think they can go through what I call cellular dementia. So they could get older and they (laughs) can lose their marbles and they could look at a cancer cell and they're like, oh, you're a cell. So let me help you grow. Let me help you, you know, regenerate. Like these are the things I secrete to make you help you grow. There you got, you know, exacerbation of growth of cancer cells. That's why we have this, you know, this concern about causing cancer growth. It's because your own cells have forgotten that this is a time that you need to recognize there's something really wrong with this cell and you need to mm-hmm. give them a different set of signals, such as the, the apoptotic signals, yeah. which younger stem cells are really good at. They right. have retained a lot of this intelligence that somehow got lost because your cells got older and tireder and more forgetful. So <laughs> That's really sad. It's kind of like, you know, I love how we give personalities to cells, right? Somebody else I interviewed 
referred to senescent cells as grumpy old men, you know, oh, that just kind of no. sit there and don't really do much and just grump and make everybody else around them grumpy. And like, that's right. That's right. Make yeah. your life miserable. Yeah. yeah. If you're and, ugly, you're going to be miserable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So anyway, but I mean, that's that's just, you know, that's new information for me. That's really interesting because it really tells us that in a way, going to the stem cell and using the stem cell, it's it, I mean, I talk about this a lot. It's how far up can you go in that chain of command so that you let the body do its thing. Like you're tapping into the body's own in, innate intelligence, right? We've we've yet to reproduce a human body that, or <laughs> you know, the, the repair mechanisms in in a in a human body like that that, as you recall it, that innate intelligence that somehow knows to do things. And so we could look really smart just by tapping into that and letting letting it roll um, and not trying well, yeah, to micro-control. Yeah, that's how I feel what I'm doing. You know, I've been doing stem cell therapy for seven years and I feel really smart, but, it, and I know it's not me, it's the cells. Uh, I'm, I'm like the, you know, I'm the expert at knowing where to put the cells. But it's it's not me. It's their intelligence that's doing amazing things, and it's it's really fun. And I think that's where the future of medicine's going. That we're gonna use incredible intelligence, way beyond what you know our own brain can conjure up. Um, we're gonna utilize what created us yeah. to help us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's amazing. I love that. Um, so. Okay, well, that kind of gets rid of my question of how old is too old for people to use their own stem cells. I mean, you just <laughs> you just kind of answered that. I mean, at some level, if you have the option, the the stem cells from all these other sources are going to be your best bet, not your own fat or or bone marrow. Is there ever a time when you would use fat or bone marrow? I mean, quite apart from the fact that it's well, also there are ridiculously of, painful. You know, I don't want to take away <laughs> from the doctors who are doing fat-derived or bone marrow-derived stem cells, and, and a lot of them have seen good results. Um, but there is a risk, you know, like the cancer-promoting risks, uh, especially if you're over the age of 50. Yeah. Uh, I think that's really just, you know, you know, looking at a risk versus benefit, I don't think is as worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are younger, it, it may make more sense. Yeah. And I'm sure you're looking at the health of the person and, you know, how they've taken care of their body. I mean, two 40 year olds could be two completely different situations. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm talking about a healthy 40 year old, you know, injure themselves. And if you want to extract bone marrow to help them heal. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. But if they're sick, they have chronic illness, like autoimmune diseases, a lot of them have defective stem cells. So, right. so you're going to take out the, the defective cells to try to heal your, your disease. And that's, it's just, it's not going to work as well. Okay. So, so let's talk a little bit about the different conditions that you treat with stem cells. Like one of the things people often will say, oh yeah, stem cells to avoid a knee replacement or, or, you know, to address joints and all that kind of stuff. But there's a lot of really interesting, serious diseases. And you actually even mentioned like autism before, or, you know, someone who's had a massive heart attack and there's been damage to the the cardiac muscle or people who've had strokes or traumatic brain injuries, like, or I think we talked about earlier, um, MS or different types of diseases. And I've even heard about stem cells being used for autoimmune disease to kind of help the immune system come back online. So do you want to talk a little bit about some of these other scenarios where stem cells can be really impactful? 
Yeah, yeah. And then that's a much better way of putting it, you know, about stem cells being impactful because yeah. I have to be, I have to tread very carefully about treating anybody with any diseases. Um, so I can treat them, but I can't say I treat them with stem cells because then I'm, you know, equivalent to making a claim then FDA is going to knock on my door. So interesting. Um, okay. Yeah. So I can't say I treat some condition with stem cells. I can say we can use stem cells to help you, you know, do better help okay. you, you know, maybe help you gain more function. Um, so unless there's FDA approval, um, and so far FDA has only approved stem cell therapy um, for hemoreconstitution. So if somebody has hemato, uh, hemological diseases uh, or cancer, you wipe out their whole um, blood system and you want to replenish it, uh, then you can use um core blood cells or bone marrow transplantation. So that's considered um, a, a indication. But other than that, everything is off label. Really? So, okay. Yeah. Um, so as far as different conditions that I've seen stem cell therapy have, you know, brought about really huge changes in patients, um, definitely autoimmune diseases, you know, that's kind of the bread and butter for stem cell therapy because they're so immune modulating yeah. and they help uh, reduce inflammation. They help, of course, tissue regeneration. So that's a huge, uh, huge area. And then muscular skeletal, you know, all the sports injuries. I mean, that's how mm -hmm. I think first became famous, right? All these athletes, you know, getting, you know, back into the game and, you know, at pretty astounding rate uh, or, you know, extent. Um, and then there's, um, what I've seen is healing different organs. So helping with different organs recoveries uh, that includes all kinds of heart diseases, uh, liver conditions, and uh, renal failure. So and in I've kidneys. Seen... Yeah. 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 What about the pancreas for type one diabetes? Have you seen that it can be helpful there as well sometimes? Yeah, absolutely. Ish? So <laughs> yeah, there's been really good results showing good recovery for both type one and type two diabetes even wow. regenerating the beta cells that produces insulin. Um, and it's, it's pretty cool. And in one case, the, the beta cell actually, uh, I guess the cells decided to become a, you know, you know, islet cell and produce insulin, but in the liver. So, so that's okay. It's really? producing insulin. Yeah. It's, it's doing its thing. And, uh, and so is the liver, you know, who cares? Uh, yeah. That's so it's pretty really fascinating though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so diabetes definitely um, seeing it uh, in sometimes strange, strange conditions, right? Like I treated this one patient with a testicular uh, repeated swelling infection, already got one testicle taken, taken out. And now the doctor wants to remove the other one because the other one is acting the same way. So, so I gave him stem cell treatment, uh, not knowing if it's going to help. Uh, this is experimental, you know, let's see, let, let's see. Uh, the worst, you know, is that it's going to help your other areas of your health mm -hmm. because of, you know, the way the cells work, you know, rejuvenating effect, but let's see what happens. And then, so I did, um, you know, IV infusion and, uh, within a couple months, the nodules in the testicles all disappeared. And it, re, re, you know, went back to its normal size wow. and symptom free. So he's thrilled because for, for no kidding. almost two years, there's no quality of life, right? Swollen testicle, painful, throbbing, antibiotics on and off. So 
now, you know, now is healed. So it's, it's pretty, pretty awesome. So yeah. I see interesting cases, you know, that, that no one had to study. Who's going to study testicular swelling, right? It's not a common condition. Hey guys, if you've been following me for a while, you know that bioregulator peptides are what I believe to be one of the most exciting developments in the peptide space, in the nutritional supplement space, and for reducing damage and anti-aging. And my one of our sponsors is profoundhealth.com. The website is profound-health.com and they market oral bioregulators as well as synthetic sublingual bioregulators. Now, don't be fooled by the website. There's two versions of every oral bioregulator. There's a Russian one, white box with Russian writing. And then there's another brand called Nature's Marvels, which is the exact same product, the exact same dosage, the exact same price, only it's different packaging that's been made extra special just for the North American and English speaking markets. So I get my bioregulators there. As you know, I'm using bioregulators all the time to help my body to rejuvenate from the inside out at a cellular level. If you want to try bioregulators yourself, I invite you to go back and listen to my solo episode, which will have released early the first Friday in June on bioregulator peptides. I'll be re releasing lots more solo episodes. You can also come to my Mighty Networks community. We talk about them all the time there. But Go to profound-health.com and use discount code longevity15 if this is your first order and you can get 15% off your entire order. The other thing Profound Health carries, and this is really exciting, guys, check out the supplements. They've got an unbelievable lineup of healthy and anti-aging supplements. Check it out. All right, let's get back to the episode. And how many, how many of these things do you feel maybe it's it's about the immune system getting a reboot in some ways? Because so many, like I've spoken to a, a few practitioners now, and so many things can be, and things that you wouldn't imagine, but can be traced back to some kind of immune imbalance or you know, people have these underlying chronic infections that everybody thinks are dormant, but really they're kind of messing with the immune system, like the EBVs and, uh, you know, tick-borne viruses. Like, you know, I mean, tick-borne viruses, like so many people, they're like the walking wounded. These people can't function. Nobody can seem to help them. The immune system has gone completely haywire, either because it's confused or disabled and who the heck knows anymore. But even in this case of, of the testicular swelling, like, is it possible that maybe it was an autoimmune thing or there was an infection and somehow these stem cells may have helped to breathe new life into the immune system or reprogram the immune system or rejuvenate somehow? Do What are your thoughts? I mean, yeah, it's very I mean this is a big fat theory. It means nothing, but right. just... <laughs> Right. But again, these stem cells have so many mechanisms of actions, right? So one, it does modulate the immune system. So it can boot, boost your immune system when you when you need it or when you can calm down your immune system when it's overactive. Yeah. And then it has yeah. a property of antifibrotic property. So it can break down scar tissue, you know, on its own. That That's one thing it can do. And it has antimicrobial uh -huh. properties. So it can directly help to, you know, secrete antimicrobial peptides and help kill bacteria and viruses and, uh, and 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 it can also detect cancer cells that help kill off cancer cells so yeah. so there are many because of the many ways that it can work um so so there may be one problem with multiple prawns of 
you know, yeah. propagation of why it perpetuates. And then the stem cells can come in, address many things all at once. That's so interesting. You know, I recently had someone in my community ask me about, she, she'd been very, very ill and had had a lot of IV therapy. So she had a lot of scarring in her blood vessels. And she asked, you know, she was asking, you know, is there a peptide that can go after the, you know, she was asking about GHK. And I was like, I don't know if GHK can retroactive. Like I know GHK at the time of injury, there seems to be some evidence in animal studies that it may help reduce scarring. But I'm like, I'm not so sure it can, after the fact, turn the clock back. But from what you're saying here, is it possible that with someone like that, if they had a systemic infusion of stem cells, that somehow those stem cells might be helpful in in reducing some of that damage and fibrosis, I guess, in the blood vessels that's from the- Right. And I wouldn't have believed it if I didn't see it firsthand. Mm-hmm. So, and I've seen that happen with liver cirrhosis, right? Severe wow. kind of, you know, you know, heartening, right? Fibro- fibrotic fibrosis type of disease or even COPD, right? This is a fibrosing, you know, heartening, lungs. you know, yeah. of your yeah. lungs and, and, and how people are regaining lung function, getting rid of the oxygen, getting rid of almost all the COPD drugs. I mean, this is reversal. This is, you know, we're, we're breaking down the scar tissue. We're letting the normal tissue to form. So yeah, it, um, it's That's pretty magical. It, so tell Sometimes, me about autistic yeah. children, because you said there's, there are clinicians that are working with autism. And, um, so again, I mean, this is another one where I've connected recently with a woman who speaks a lot about I don't want to say it's all about this one thing, but the role that infections can play in triggering autism or driving autism in kids um, or pandas or pans. Like, you know, she talks, she talks about a bunch of different things with autistic children, the people that, you know, who've worked with autistic kids, is it just like infusion of stem cells that seems to have helped them? And, you know, you would think like with a child, they have all these stem cells, but yet something in the system has gone awry or the system's overwhelmed somehow. And even their little kid stem cells can't kind of help. Do you have any sense of what might be going on there? And, and is it usually like systemic infusions? Like I can't imagine anybody's injecting anything into anyone's brain, particularly. Um, some, there has been some clinics some? that would inject into the, into the spinal canal. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't do that, but, um, um, the you know there are studies done on why stem cell therapy is helpful for autism so one reason could be you know the immune modulating properties because we we all know autism has a huge correlation with autoimmune diseases you know however it's caused uh, but a lot of them their family members have autoimmune diseases so and uh, we all know we live in a toxic environment you know between you know all the drugs we're given, you know, since we're little, uh, and, uh, and all the toxic, you know, substances, um, there could be immune dysregulation, right? Gut, um, you know, gut, uh, disruption. So stem cells can help with repair of the tissue, including the gut, and it can help decrease inflammation that may be going on in the brain that's triggering all these abnormal behavior. Um, and then modulate the immune system, that's behind all this that's perpetuating it that's amazing and also help with you know some hypothesis 
is that autism also have low oxygen perfusion. So in their brain, there's, you know, hypoxia going on. So the stem cells can help uh, produce more blood vessels. So the angiogenesis properties of the stem cells can help supply more oxygen to their brain. So there, there are quite a few mechanisms that, that, that why this may help. Yeah. It's amazing though, you know, that and almost everything that we've talked about, it's about, it comes down, there's a link back to immune modulation. There's a link back to managing inflammation. Very often there's some kind of, you know, there's a possibility of some kind of microbial issue at play. Um, it, it all seems to, you know, very often it just seems to come down. As a matter of fact, this one practitioner who I've, and I think you might even know her, Amy Hadamio, who I've recently interviewed talking about how atrial fibrillation has, there's, there are clinical studies that show a direct link between Epstein-Barr virus and triggering atrial fibrillation in people. And so all these poor people end up with pacemakers when really maybe the day, someday medicine will get to the point where it doesn't think that if you had mono when you were a kid, it's no big deal. We don't need to do anything about it. We actually think that, you know, that, that EBV, that, that virus that still lives in your body needs to be addressed so that it can't continue to kind of create trouble and down the road, create that kind of damage. Right, right, exactly. And I've seen, you know, uh, you know, Lyme disease, you know, for example, stem cells being really helpful, huh. um, really giving them the kind of the, the, the power, uh, you know, behind their ability to, to fight, um, including people who suffered for years from Lyme disease and stem cells, just, you know, huge, huge, uh, give them this huge impetus to, to reverse the process and even reverse brain lesions, you know, as, you know, shown on MRI. So it's wow. it incredible. Uh, so yeah, it, it, because of the, the multiple layers of how the cells can help your body heal. Yeah. Um, yeah. But for infections, I, I do think there, are, you know, a lot of times you may need multiple, you know, approaches. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes including antibiotics. Yeah. No, I mean, there's not, there's not one thing, right? I mean, it just seems that this one thing um, can be a really nice starting point or a very powerful, you know, again, it's handing the body a very powerful toolkit to use as it needs kind of thing. Yeah. And actually one of the pretty well-known doctor, he, who you, you have interviewed, uh, had Lyme disease. Um, and, um, you know, he's an expert, expert in holistic medicine, peptides, and, uh, you know, everything helped, uh, you know, quite a bit. But there were still issues of, you know, very low energy, you know, continued, you know, unwanted weight um, and just not being very productive because of low energy. And within, you know, a few months, two months of uh, using stem cells, all of a sudden, you know, this doctor lost, uh, I think, 30 pounds because you had energy to go to work, you know, go work out in the gym and, uh cholesterol went down from 300s back to normal. I mean, it's just drastic. So this is an expert who has used every modality you can think of. And then finally, the stem cells give give the person the final, you yeah. know, put everything together. It brings to, it home. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's amazing. What about someone who's basically not sick, right? Someone who's just getting on in years. 
<laughs> and, right. and saying, you know, maybe it would be nice to get a little refresh kind of reboot, right? And and we all know that disease builds over years and decades. So even though I could be walking around looking pretty darn healthy, I mean, you know, if I do my labs, there's a little sign here, a little thing there. Oh, your thyroid could be a bit better, your whatever. So as a preventative measure, what what are your thoughts on doing like a stem cell treatment at that level? And I know there's a bunch of biohackers who've done this stuff already, like, you know, the big guys like Ben Greenfield and Dave Asprey. I mean, you I mean, imagine them getting hooked up to like giant bags of stem cells and God knows what else. Almost um, everybody. Almost every of the big biohacker guys have done stem cells. Yeah. So um, that's what I did it for myself because I really don't have any major problems, but yeah. I wanted to stay young. I wanted to stay, you know, at a level where I, you know, I'm enjoying life, right? I don't really care about living for a very, very long time. I care about living a really, really good life. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I started just, just by knowing how the cells work. I just thought I've got to put that in me, you know, even though I'm not sick, but I don't need to be sick, you know, for these cells to do the same thing for me, you know, to, to, to reverse some, any of the inflammation I may have popping up, any little cancer cells I may have popping up. Yeah. Right. So, um, that's what I've been doing. And, um, I would say 25% of my patients actually are very healthy and they just want to stay healthy. Uh, and that's, you know, why they come to me every, usually every three to six months, to do uh, a stem cell infusion. Nice. And so how many stem cells would, would a person typically get in a, in that kind of situation or does it vary based on budget? (laughs) Okay. Okay. You're now you're touching upon a subject that's a little bit in the controversy. Okay. I'll I'll just give you the background. Okay. First of all, FDA has the idea that if you talk about the benefits of the cells, uh, when you receive the cells, you know, in the result of the metabolic activity of the cells, um, that makes the cell a drug. So um, go figure, just think about the rationale. So I don't know how that came about, but so you can't attribute the benefits of cell therapy to the metabolic activity of the cells. Okay. Um, if you do... Okay, then you are basically using it as a drug. Then you have to have drug study. So you know, it usually it takes about two billion dollars to mm-hmm. bring a drug to market, right? So, just that out of the way. If you talk about your cells being alive, that automatically you're hinting that you're counting on the metabolic activity of the cells, right? Otherwise, why are they alive? So alive means they're metabolically active. Right. So. But that's why a lot of these tissue banks and labs are scared to even talk about their cells being alive. Huh. So, Interesting. Because some have gotten warning letters. So if you can't talk about your cells being alive, um, then you know, then you really shouldn't be talking about cell count, right? You know, these are exactly. live cells, you know, cell count. So you're you're, you're tying your own hands. So yeah. you're, you're completely bound. What do you say? Um, unless you go slightly out of bound. So, so that's, that's something that people don't understand. And there are also detractors of early uh, birth tissue derived stem cells. So there are people who are in the camp, especially in the bone marrow camp, because that's the oldest kid on the block. 
There's mm-hmm. a lot at stake. It's established yeah. treatment. It takes a lot to set up the equipment and, and get trained. You know, doctors pay a lot of money. So then all of a sudden you get everything, everything set up. All these patients are coming to you for stem cell treatment, right? And then here you turn around, somebody else is using a made product from young cells. They just buy the cells. They don't have to go through all this training, all this equipment, and they just buy the cells and give it to patients. Yeah. So there's a lot of <laughs> emotional, psychological, <laughs> you know, imbalance going on. Yeah. And so there are certain people in the field would, 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 would be detractors and they would test products. So how they're doing it, I don't know. You know, okay. depending on how long the cells are sitting on the counter, how yeah, are they, so many what they equipment, right? Yeah. So then there's really, really one very loud voice in the space, but that voice is contaminating the space, mm-hmm. uh, making a lot of people asking questions. The question they ask is that I heard there are no life cells. So, okay, first of all, all our products have, go, have to go through third-party testing. There has to be life cells. Um, you know, that if, if tissue transplant, right? Any tissue, you don't give them dead tissue, right? No, that would be necrotizing fashion. Like it would be bad. Right? So <laughs> yeah, these are FDA registered and inspected tissue banks. You don't give dead tissue to people, right? You're, you're giving them life, you know, viable uh, tissue transplant. So reputable ones definitely would do third party testing. Mm-hmm. And, our product have gone through third-party testing and have shown viability, have shown life cells. But can I show those documents? No. Not so much. Yeah. So so, so this is just, you know, this is kind of a ridiculous, right? Here, I was excited about stem cell therapy. I got into a space because it's like, this is incredible. We can heal people. We can make people better. This is so fun, so exciting. It's like, what? I can't say what? Yeah. I can't Anything. do this. I can't do that. Yeah. And now we've got people who are in the same field are trying to backstab stab each other. And then because they're using big words, so a lot of people buy into what they're mm-hmm. saying mm-hmm. and are saying, well, you are you have cells that, you know, you're you're injecting products that have no life cells. I was like, you know, my question is, okay, how do you fight a lie? You know it's a lie because you have direct proof that it's not true. But the information is out there and it's being repeated and repeated and repeated. So that's the situation we're in. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. So what about when people worry about, uh, you know, like they worry about, okay, I'm getting stem cells from another person, right? Is there any chance that I could possibly get a genetic disease from that person? Or, I mean, I think I know the answer to this, but I'm, I want you to explain to the audience, you know, if, if we're getting placental cord blood or that kind of thing, like I know that the these products are heavily screened, the donors are screened, um, and also it's about the material that's in there and the material that is not. In terms of safety of, of this product, do you do you want to speak to that yeah. a little bit? Yeah, the product we use goes through stricter tr- uh, screening than organ transplantation because that's you know that's the standard I want to our products yeah. to be upheld to. So we screen things that are not included in the requirement list, including Chagas, prion disease, Lyme disease, you know, COVID. So all these are things that we've added because we want to make sure. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, when a baby is healthy, when you have a live healthy birth, that's one of the best screening 
um, that, mm-hmm. that everything is pretty much normal. Um, and then the mothers will go through, you know, all the questionnaires to see if there's any genetic uh, diseases that yeah. runs the family. So if there's any, it's rejected. We're not yeah. going to take it. Yeah. Um, and so the mother's healthy. It's a healthy pregnancy and they have to be young under age 30. Um, so there's just a, multiple factors to to make sure that these are going to be healthy, you know, healthy babies. And, and and that said, even if there's some off chance, there's some genetic condition that's in this baby. Uh, remember, very few cells actually stay in the, your body. Right. And even if they stay, they're not going to all of a sudden generating or generate, <clears throat> you know, this whole organ for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the totally. impact is going to be very, very small. Got it. <clears throat> Makes perfect sense. Um, okay. So, so I think we've covered a lot of the things I wanted to cover. I want to talk a little bit about the skincare line because it's so, you know, it's one of those things for people who, you know, either don't have the, they can't afford to go for stem cell infusions. They don't have access to this kind of thing. In a way, I feel like your skincare line, it's its a little bit like, I don't know, it's a little bit like buying Chanel makeup when you can't buy the Chanel suit <laughs> or something, <laughs> right? Like, it's going to be great makeup. Well, I mean, I lied. I don't think it's going to be that great anyway. It's full of fragrance and crap, but whatever. You're getting the aura of, of the, and you're getting that, the quality and the, everything that's infused from that, that culture, if you will, is in that product, but your product, like you, you, I guess you got really stoked about this stuff at some point and said, okay, we can put this in skincare and actually make a difference for people. And, and you sent me one like amazing cream that I've been using. I've actually, you know, because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm getting to the point where I kind of want to make sure my face doesn't completely fall down. So the first, the first thing I'm doing is I'm doing this cosmetic acupuncture. Um, and so right after every acupuncture treatment, in addition to using the cream twice a day, I have her put instead of the stuff that she was going to use, I'm like, no, you need to use this because <laughs> there's holes in my face right now and you've stimulated all this stuff. So this is what we need to put on. Um, exactly. But maybe do you want to talk a little bit about Charomi yeah, because so, it's it's a beautiful product and 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 I'm curious like there's Wharton's jelly in there and there's you know peptides now, there's peptides there's and we can talk a little bit about peptides but maybe talk about that the skin yeah I mean really it was okay I got into the stem cell space to heal people so you know I want people to I I want to help people with really difficult conditions you know yeah. live a better life. Um, the last thing I thought about was the face. I mean, I just, I, I didn't care about it that much, you know, mm-hmm. to be honest. I yeah. just, I want, I want to help people to live young and rejuvenate from the inside out. But then I do realize, you know, at least for myself, I would like to have a good, clean product. <laughs> and um, so it was very selfish. It's like, how come I can't find any good ones? How come everything has junk in it? Everything mm-hmm. has all these synthetic material. And even things that I thought were not synthetic, you know, are, are all natural. That's what they claim and still have all these synthetic uh, components. So that's how I decided, you know what? I have on my hand access to some of the best <laughs> ingredients possible, which include the Wharton's jelly, um, include, you know, some amniotic membrane, you know, extraction. And then if I can use that and then add peptides 
and then make this truly 100% natural product. You know, nothing I'm putting in there, you know, can, you know, is synthetic, not even the preservatives. So that's how I created the product with the birth tissue component, with the peptide blend, and then with all these natural herbs, um, you know, powerful natural oils, um, antioxidants, prebiotics. So that's, that's how, you know, this came about. Um, and of course, then I have, you know, created the most beautiful product that, you know, I want everybody else to enjoy it. And now, you know, I realize just how amazing it is. I even use that for microneedling. So it, oh actually, yeah, I had yeah. somebody who, um, you know, was working for me that actually first started it. And she said, oh, my God, this is amazing. You know, I did that and then I did microneedling. So I tried it myself and it's just it's, it's amazing is, it's, you know, you know, as good, if not better than the PRP treatment. So you just put a layer of the Chara Omni cream on and you run your usual microneedling. It's amazing. So, yeah. I need to do that. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, please, please try it. It's so good. So that's, that's how it came about. Um, I just, it's my being a a stickler about having it as an all all natural um, because of being in in the anti-aging field and having been educated on all the detrimental problems um, of all these synthetic ingredients, yeah. uh, I just just don't want to put it on my face. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's it's so smart. And you know, I'm going to warn people now: if you go to the Charomi website, um, you you might look at the price of the product and go, "Holy crap!" and kind of fall off your chair. But I think that it's not it, what you're. You made a really good point, which is that one one bottle of this product lasts you three months. And so when you break it down, number one, it averages down beautifully to a very affordable price. But number two, the other thing that you said to me, which I thought was really interesting, is you only need one thing. You don't need a cream for your cheeks and another one for your lips and another one for your eyes and one for near your ears and another one for this. Like you need yeah, You don't one need cream. a to- separate toner because the toner is already built in. Yeah. You don't need- no, the the you know a serum because a serum it's already in the product. You just just only one, and that's the the beauty and convenience of it. And it's, yeah. yeah, I think people. I mean, I I appreciate simplicity. I I just I I think those multiple products is is a way to to open up your wallet. So I you know I, it, 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 yeah it's I think it's just like a scheme. Yeah, oh, I don't know. I mean, you know, there's some interesting. I mean, I you know, there's the retinols and stuff, but whatever. I mean. You know, I have to say that I've been using, I've been using it, well, ever since I got my hands on it, I've been using it twice a day. Some days if I go to the gym, so I'll put it on first thing in the morning before I go to the gym and then I come home and I wash my face and I do it again. <laughs> so, uh-huh. Yeah. Like, there's days yeah. where I'll have three applications and tonight I'm going to, you know, take my niacin and I'll probably wash my face before the niacin flush and then throw it on during the niacin flush so that, Mm -hmm. you know, all those blood vessels are at the surface drinking it up. Um, That's right. But it's, it's, it's a beautiful product. And, uh, but so, so for the, for the, for the Wharton's jelly and the amniotic um, membrane products, those don't need to be refrigerated. Those are, and, and I will also say that the woman who's doing my cosmetic acupuncture, who's doing you know, she's in this space. She looked at the, like, she, you know, she was very suspicious. She looked at the ingredient list and within three minutes, she's like, oh my God, she put this in it. And oh my God, she put that in it. Like she was totally blown away by your oh, ingredient great. list. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and no, it doesn't because the cells are not alive. 
Right. Um, right. So the the cells have been lysed to release all all these uh, therapeutic components. So oh it's it's already you know in the cream. So it's all kind of homogenized in the cream. So you you don't need to refrigerate. So it's almost yeah, like all the growth the factors. Is it's gonna it's gonna keep you can keep it longer for sure. If you wet. If you put it in the refrigerator, the yeah, the shelf life is going to be longer. Well, I mean, I, I don't need it to have a longer shelf life. I'm just going to keep using it. <laughs> right. Exactly. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not storing it for anything. Um. Okay. So, what else do you want to? Um. You just like. Do you want to talk about peptides at all? I mean, I, we're going to wrap up pretty soon. We've been going for about an hour. I've kept you for a while. Do you want to talk at all about where peptides do fit in for you or have fit in? Because it seems to me like the stem cells, you know, in as much as what we can say about them are a bit of a master key, right? Right. It's a little right. bit of like the master key that the maid has at the hotel. She can open all the rooms with her one thing. But but then there's peptides. And so do you still kind oh, of yeah. bring peptides I'm- in occasionally or... Yeah, I think about a couple of years ago, that's when I brought peptide in. Um, Partially, I just love how elegant it is and how you can target specific things, right? If I'm helping somebody to heal, uh, you know, musculoskeletal injuries, I can give them the right peptides to speed that up. If somebody had brain issues, I can use those, you know, for anxiety, depression, you know, for for cognition. Um, So, you know, sleep. you know, mm-hmm. you know, further boosting immune system. And there's just so many things that you can give extra help for. So right. I love incorporating that. So what is a overall rejuvenation and, you know, with intelligence to go to places where it's needed. Another one is that you can target specific issues and organs. Got it. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. So they're, they're kind of like the, they hone in on the specific issues. And also, I guess for people, again, like people who can't get the stem cells, I mean, I've definitely seen peptides do pretty amazing work on their own. I mean, maybe it's not as as deep or as transformative or as long lasting as if you had that stem cell introduction, like that kind of stem cell infusion first, but even on their own, peptides can sometimes do pretty amazing work. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's why I'm I'm really excited about it. Yeah. Although I have to say that with the immune system, they never, they often don't seem to be able to do the whole job, right? Like it's, you're still almost too specific with different, pe- like thymosin alpha one with the TH1, not the TH, like it's in, in, even though they're modulatory, they're, they're still in one direction or the other. Um, whereas it seems to me that it sounds like with the stem cells, you're going further upstream here. You're, you're really kind of taking a more global approach to the immune system rather than just trying to hone in on one thing. Yeah. Yeah. I believe that's true. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm thinking that maybe now is time to tell people where they can find your fabulousness. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Um, so I practice in Los Angeles um, our clinic is called Uplift. So it's actually see the sign behind. So right above Uplift, your head. Yeah, y, yeah. Uplift Longevity Center. Um, so, and the cream um, you can find on tryaromni.com. And I think, Natalie, you um, you can offer um, yeah. the listeners a special code. So yeah, they can I think get it was, I think we gave them, I think it's not 10, but it'll be in the show notes. I'm pretty sure. I'm trying to keep it simple these days and use the same one over and over again. So I don't uh-huh. get confused. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, and then people can always find me uh, on on the uh, our YouTube channel, which is um, 
you know, I think very informative. Um, some of the lectures I've given in different conferences, and then a lot of um, just me educating people on different aspects about stem cell therapy. So little snippets, including what's the difference between what we're doing here versus what they're doing in Panama, right? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, what yeah. about other people's DNA in me? You know, what what what's the ramification? Um, what are the three stages healing in stem cell therapy? Because there are different stages that that different things are happening. So they're just, you know, different targets. Um, so I think those, uh, that'll be a, you know, fun place for people to check things out. And is that Dr. Joy Kong or is that Uplist Longevity? Yeah. They just look up Joy Kong MD and then, you know, find my channel. And then I also have a podcast, the Dr. Joy Kong podcast. Yes, you do. Uh, they can find it on Spotify, Apple podcast. Um, yeah. So I've, you know, invited Natalie to come on my podcast and uh, had a great show. People, you know, are very inspired, very interested. I think they'll be pretty inspired by you too. And also on Instagram, your Joy Kong MD, right? Uh, Dr. Underscore Joy underscore Kong. Okay. Amazing. Well, Dr. Joy Kong, thank you again a thousand times for being here today, for taking the time to speak with me. I really appreciate it. It's uh, I'm so happy that we met and I'm uh, looking forward to many more meetings and conversations. Yes, me too. Thank you for the great questions and a good conversation. Yeah, I'm so glad that we're getting this information out to your audience. Likewise. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please remember to leave us a five-star review on iTunes because that's what helps us to be heard and to be seen. If you'd like to connect with me directly, or if you'd like to leave any comments, or if you have any questions about this episode, please reach out to me directly through my website, natnidham.com. And of course, if you're not already a member of the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Community on Facebook, that's where you'll find me every day. It's a short application. Just answer a couple of questions and you're in and interfacing with other amazing biohackers. Thanks again. And we'll look forward to seeing you on the next episode.